Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. As a Yankee Candle salesperson once said to me as I considered a jar candle of autumn wreath, the fall season is upon us. And what better way to ring in October than with a spookily cozy paranormal mystery? Joining us to discuss Mrs. Morris and the Ghost, the first in the brand new Salem B&B mystery series, is Tracy Hall, who with Patrice Wilton writes under the pseudonym Tracy Wilton. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Welcome. Hi, we're so glad to be here. I know that Patrice wishes that she could be here as well, but she is in Ormond Beach and she will be here with us in spirit. <laughs> that's that's perfect. This was my first paranormal cozy mystery and I absolutely loved it. Okay. I it's my new favorite subgenre of a genre <laughs> and I can't wait to read more and uh, can't wait to talk to you about the series, but before we dive in, we're going to check in with what's making us feel cozy this week. What's making me feel cozy this week is a video game called Untitled Goose Game. And um, instead of coming up with my own description, I'm just going to use the description that the game developers wrote because it's perfect. They described it as, it's a lovely morning in the village and you're a horrible goose. And that's exactly what the game is. You play as a mischievous goose um, in a quiet village and you are stealing the farmer's keys and you are breaking the artist's vase. I think my favorite little part is, you know, people have those decorative um, geese outside of their uh, houses sometimes, and they dress them up for holidays. Yes, yes. Ceramic, um, right? Yeah, exactly. So you you move the ceramic goose out of the way, and then you take its place, and you make a woman <laughs> dress you up. That's like, that's that's the kind of challenge that you have in this game. And um, it's just absolutely, like, just ridiculous and calming. It's it's all you're doing is little minor stuff like that. It's there's no explosions. There's like there's nothing's high stakes at all. Um, you're just honking at people and being annoying. Um, <laughs> so it's incredibly fun. It's a short little game. You can finish the whole game in like five hours. Um, it's developed by House House and published by Panic Incorporated, and it's available on the Nintendo Switch, Mac, and PC. It's like I think it's between fifteen and twenty dollars. So. It's pretty cheap, um, and I mean, you are getting kind of a smaller game, but I really feel like it's worth it because it's just really calming, and there are hidden challenges you can kind of explore more, but maybe even the most calming element of it and what makes it cozy for me is the music. It's set to calming, like, piano music that's inspired by Debussy, which, which is my butchering of that French composer's last name, and I'll never get it right. The fact remains, it's calming piano music, and it's wonderful. And, and yeah, so if you like video games or if you like um, being a horrible goose, Try out Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? I, I have know. never wanted to be a horrible goose until now. And <laughs> now I want to. <laughs> I, I love a good goose. <laughs> it's it's really goose. fun. It's going to be a bad goose, <laughs> I do kind of wish you could be a good goose in some sense, because like you are making a lot of decisions that are, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the not nice thing a lot of times in the game. And I kind of <laughs> wish there was like a, a separate track where you could be like, you know, you could do the, the, the light side of the force uh, version of the goose <laughs> where you're doing nice things for people instead of making their lives uh, more difficult, but might might not be as fun. <laughs> How about you, Jillian? What's making you feel cozy? Well, my coziness is very basic this week. I am really into the Trader Joe's pumpkin ravioli. I look forward to it every year. Um, I I got two big batches of it the other day. And it, I also got this pumpkin pasta sauce that they have. If you go in there, it's a pumpkin explosion and it's kind of 
you know, I, I feel like every time I'm on Twitter, I see a new um, thing about Trader Joe's pumpkin uh, stock, what they have this year. There's always something so n- nutty um, that you can't even think of. Um, but the pumpkin ravioli is just something that's really comforting to me. And it signifies, you know, the start of fall. And I'm not really a ravioli person, but this hits the spot. And so I'm kind of uh, sad in the sense where all day long I'm waiting for for dinner. <laughs> I, my life is my life is organized by meals. So mm-hmm. I, that's the one thing that keeps me going is food. Yeah. So it's nice to be like, oh yeah, I get to eat my pumpkin raviolis tonight. I could eat, eat it every <laughs> night. So that's just making me feel cozy. I love Trader Joe's and you're right. I, we were in there the other day and it was a pumpkin everything, which is so, it's so fun. Testive. And I'm with you. I like that pumpkin ravioli. So you're not alone, Jillian. Yeah, my, my favorite thing that I can't wait to try um, that I picked up from Trader Joe's is that's pumpkin themed is they have pumpkin spice face masks. And <laughs> I cannot wait to try that out. That seems just excessive. Matt, if you want to spring for like this fancy pumpkin mask, they have samples of it. It's from Peter Thomas Roth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar. And he has this really nice pumpkin facial scrub slash mask. I recommend it. The full tube is a little pricey, but they do have samples. What's making you feel cozy this week, Tracy? Well, okay. So I live in South Florida. I was born in Washington State. So for me, fall is all about apple cider, picking apples. You have apple crumble. You've got apple pie. Everything is apple, apple, apple. And then you come home and you sit in front of the fireplace. But here in South Florida, you don't get fireplace. So Mm -hmm. the thing that that makes me feel cozy is, you know, being able to kind of curl up with a book in front of the fireplace. So the best cheat ever was buying an electric fireplace so Mm -hmm. that we could have the flames without the heat. So that still makes me feel cozy. It doesn't matter the weather and we can have the, we can have the ambiance without it being a hundred degrees, which I think it was high of 86 today in Fort Lauderdale. Oh my God. Well, that's a life hack <laughs> for, for coziness in Florida. Yeah. 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 I think it was going to be a down, a down to 82. So, you know, <laughs> we're in a similar boat in California. We're like, we're all ready for, you know, colder temperatures, and it just usually in LA, it still is heating up even through October. My daughter is in San Diego, actually, and I'm going to be there next week. So, what kind of what kind of clothes should I be bringing? Boots? Uh, for next <laughs> time there, I think you should like just definitely bring a light jacket. Yeah, um, because it gets really chilly at night. Yeah, and this uh, past week we actually had the temperatures dip down into what the 60s or 70s. So yeah, this, that was... this week's been amazing. It's been really gray nice. and like fallish. Oh, years. that's been perfect. Really nice. It was that's a pure beautiful. pure joy. I did not leave my house all Saturday. I just like a little squirrel nestled in. <laughs> got my takeout and it was cloudy, and I felt like I could finally just be a, a slob in peace, and it was really nice. So yeah, and so what do you do? Do you like do you read or do you watch movies? I wish I could um, say that <laughs> I, I, I had a, I had some reality TV I need to cover. <laughs> I, had to, I had to you know spend my time on. <laughs> so I, so I really did that all day. But at, I like to read at nighttime with a nice glass of wine. That's my reading time. But during the day when it's cloudy, that's my TV takeout time. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I like I like my I like to read at night and kind of unwind. 
Yeah, that's my wind down thing. And I know that Patrice also is from, she's from Vancouver. So she also, I, we both really actually like being in Florida and we, we don't miss the winters at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vancouver, I imagine. I mean, it's, it's beautiful in the, the spring, but I I'd imagine during the winter, it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we had actually, we had placed um, Charlene in Salem for our book, we went um, to see Salem in uh, April. And it was still kind of chilly and gray and drizzly and made me really glad that we visited then and not in the middle of winter. We're not about, neither one of us are about winter. <laughs> I went in September and that's a really nice time to go too because it's not too tourist heavy and it, the weather's really great. Uh, sounds oh. like you're doing a good time too. That would be perfect. What we what we regretted was um, the ferry from Boston didn't start until May. And we had just missed that. So we want to go back again just to be able to do the ferry. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I took the train, so I missed out on that as well. See, all right, we should all go. Let's just all go. <laughs> Today, we're, gonna, we're, all, we're all going to Salem. All um, right, I'll, let, I'll tell Patrice. She's on board for everything. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to go to Salem, and I, I've never gotten the chance to, even when I, I was living out on the East Coast of Baltimore. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to learn more about it and to learn more about the world of your uh, Salem B&B mystery series. And so let, let's dive in. Your book, Mrs. Morris and the Ghost, centers on a grieving young widow named Charlene, who is moving from Chicago to Salem to um, open up a bed and breakfast. She she had been married and, and tragically lost her husband and is kind of uh, having a new start. The building she's turning into an Airbnb is a historic mansion. And yes. it's, a, it's a gorgeous property and she's really situating it so that she can start her B&B right before the Halloween season and get all the tourists in. So she's, she's got a business plan. She's ready to go. She's, she's really, <laughs> she's hitting the pavement. She's going to all of the local t- townspeople, um, the shopkeepers and, and the vineyard and, and really building her, her brand and, and making her mark. Um, right. But she definitely is a go-getter. <laughs> she, she really is a go-getter. And, she, if only things were so simple, but um, she has an unexpected guest in her in her house. Really, it's their house, right? The previous tenant of the home, Jack <laughs> Strathmore. So Jack Strathmore um, used to live there until he died. <laughs> um, and he still lives there even in death because he's a ghost. He, he believes that someone pushed him down the stairs and he was murdered. And after kind of getting over it, it what I, I really love about the book too is like, Charlene's reaction to seeing the ghost is like so normal and like she's not at all down for that right um and she's her first thoughts are like how do I deal with this or am I crazy am I dreaming what's going on she does come to terms with it and fortunately he is a a friendly ghost and a very Mm -hmm. handsome one makes it very easy um to get along who would want to be haunted I mean if if you're going to be haunted it should be a handsome ghost let's be real you know and he's vain. Like, he was worried about that. He wanted to make sure he looked good for her. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He, he even kind of shapeshifts to make himself all dressed up and looking nice. So so she has to get her business up and running. Um, in the meantime, she becomes very invested in her relationship with Jack and committed to solving his murder, followed, believing him in that he, his belief that he was murdered, that it wasn't a, a stroke like everyone um, says it was. And so yes. in the middle of that, too, like, meeting uh the local detective who's named sam holden yes. and i love your description of him looking like sam elliott 
because I mean, I watch Prancer every year. And so I immediately got the, the vintage <laughs> Sam Elliott look like that kind of dad vibe. <laughs> yeah, it has vintage. With that mustache and everything. So they're getting along really great. But also she's developing feelings for this ghost. And it's just, oh my God, I love that relationship. The, these, these characters are just, they came alive in such a great way. It's such a, 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 a fun, inventive story. And yeah, so I, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say that we were, because uh, Patrice and I both come from a romance background, we were very, this, what you see here is like, with a lot of it cut out because that's kind of where we were for our first draft was we were way, way romance heavy. Um, and our, we were like, you know, to our, we wanted to make sure that we didn't cross that line too much that we gave just enough to keep people turning the page and keep them. Um, and we have had such good reviews. People really do like the hint of a romance with Jack because it's forbidden, you mm -hmm. know, and then, and Sam is just always going to kind of be out there and she can never have a relationship with Sam because if she had Sam, she wouldn't be able to have Jack. It's, it's a really hard choice. And, and both men offer different things for her. Being alive is huge. Yeah, being alive is a big, this is a big deal, it turns out. So it's, it's, you, you mentioned your writing relationship with Patrice, and you're the yes. first writer we've had on the podcast who worked with a writing partner. Um, oh, and, and so I'm, I'm curious, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your process. So how did your writing partnership begin, and what's your process for writing together? Well, we have been friends since like 2003 or something, and, and we were critique partners, and then um, I, I would actually... Um, act as a freelance editor for her, for her indie stuff. So, and she would always give excellent feedback, you know, during critique week, we had a very trusted kind of back and forth relationship. So we decided to, um, actually we wrote a romance together to see if we could do it. And then we liked it. And then our agent was like, how about, you know, a mystery? And we were like, okay, we can do it. We've got, of course, we have to have that synopsis first and then we go through and um we've got the whole book plotted out i'm a plotter she is a pantser um and that actually works out really well because we balance um each other you don't get stuck in outlining and also you prepare absolutely it needs to be prepared um and what we do is so we have to we follow because we write a book quickly. Like we will have a book done in three months, you know, wow. so 85,000 words done in three months. And that's, that's with our, with our person that we have read it. And then we go through. So, and, and we want to make sure that that book sings, you know, of course for the editor. So our process is we've got, we follow this, that synopsis and we go chapter by chapter. So, and we take turns who starts out with chapter one. And then the next person will put up a snippet of the synopsis um, on, in track changes for the next person and any notes, you know, about like feeling or theme or mood or whatever that we want to kind of make sure that is conveyed through that next one, that next chapter. And we do the, the first draft that way. Second draft, we go through and we alternate chapters so mm -hmm. that it's, it's truly a blend of our voices by the time that we're done. You guys, you mentioned that you have a really nice balance and pour with Patrice, but in the instances that you do disagree, how do you guys hash that out or resolve it? 
For example, I'll go ahead and give you this example. I thought that um, the person who, if you feel very strongly about something, you know, of course, you know, we are both professionals and we both decided at the end of all of this, we were friends first. So no matter what, the friendship would come before anything. And we're also, this is not our first rodeo. We've been, we've got a lot of books, you know, kind of under the belt. And so if it's important to the other person, then there needs to be a way to compromise. And so far we have been able to compromise. The one thing I will say that um, Patrice wanted to have Jack dancing all over the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was like, no, 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 no. But it ended up that she was right in that there, there should have been some dancing there. And so we ended up just compromising. Um, and he had, he had that lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that part in, in the book where he was just so overjoyed because he was being seen not only by Charlene, but Silva. Yes. And, you know, it, just, it was the perfect place to break into some dance steps. And so, yeah, it, just, it really is compromise. That's a great example. You mentioned that you have a lot of books under your belt, and you are a prolific writer of romance novels, and you have a new mystery series coming out next year. The Scottish Shire series, is that right? Yeah, I just got to see, um, just now I got to see that new cover today. That's exciting. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a lot of other writing you're working on, and you have your your personal life. Like, How do you balance your solo writing with your co-writing and, you know, your family, all of that together? Uh, luckily, I have a very understanding uh, partner. Christopher is is wonderful. Um, he also is a writer, and so he gets it. And for, he is my uh, freelance editor, cover designer, and all of that for my uh, By the Sea mm. indie series that I do. Um, and then I also write um, contemporary romance, Full Entangled. So it's busy. we got a lot going on. But <laughs> I'm very... Um, I don't I hate to say regimented. That's the wrong word, but I live by my calendar. Like I know, I know what I have to do for, you know, each day to be able to get things done. And we really try to balance it with having Sundays completely off and walking away from the computer and, you know, just not even looking at it. So we get to recharge and, and go to the beach or walk, you know, go hiking around the, the parks around here. That's a good way to go about it, because if you have so many different projects going on, it can be hard to keep track of it, especially with, you know, deadlines. I have a deadline in your head, but if you don't see it on the calendar, it might not click. So it's good to have that visual reminder. Um, Swinging back to Mrs. Morris and the Ghost, what drew you to writing Paranormal Mysteries in particular? Well, I actually, um, I had a young adult series that I had written um, that was uh, Rhiannon Godfrey, Goddess in Train. It was a young adult uh, paranormal series. Um, it was with Sam Hain, uh, and they have since um, gone under. But that, I loved that. I love the whole paranormal idea. I think it's just amazing. And, and I absolutely believe in ghosts. I Every time we go to a major city, I am like the first one to be like, where do we sign up for the ghost tour? <laughs> because not only do you get the history of the city, you're also getting that scary, spooky story. You know, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Savannah, New Orleans, uh, St. Augustine. Savannah. Yeah, Savannah is amazing. And, of mm-hmm. course, we did it in Salem. And that's where Patrice and I did a haunting or a haunted 
uh, walking tour, the ghost tour. And we loved the woman who did our uh, tour so much that we actually uh, named her Cass and put her in the book for Mrs. Morris and the Witch. I, I do. I, I always wonder, like, how I would react if I ever, if a ghost ever did appear in front of me, if that, like, ever happened. I want to imagine I'd be, like, chill about it. I'd be like, hi, how are you? What's your name? Like, they're a person after all. <laughs> I feel, no, I don't know. No, I love it. And I would, I would probably, yeah, I would squeal like a, a little piglet and be, ah! no, because to actually really, really do it. Now, and, and like I said, I do believe in it, but. And like in St. Augustine, in St. Augustine, you can get a lot of orbs in your pictures, um, you know, and they said that those were supposed to be spirits. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do believe it. I just, I, I personally have never seen a ghost. Well, let's, let's dive into ghosts. So I, I have more ghost questions. So okay. especially about in terms of ghosts in your, in your books, yeah. in, in your universe within Mrs. Morris and the ghost, ghosts exert energy to produce any appearance they choose. So I think at one point even um, Jack turns himself into Clark Gable, I think, or like an, an actor um, <laughs> to kind of make Charlene laugh. How do you and Patrice establish the rules for your world? How the ghosts behave? Like what elements of the supernatural are present and which you choose to exclude from your book series? Well, Patrice was really sweet and she kind of let me let me d- define a lot of that because that it was not really kind of what she was familiar with. I mean, she's more into it now, of course, but at the time that we were talking about it, if you were to have a spirit, a spirit, if you, according to lore is actually demonic and, you know, not a good thing, but the ghost would just be a repetition of an event happening. Um, they, it would be like being stuck in time mm-hmm. and that didn't work for us either. So we are making Jack his own entity and, and, um, we're going to ha- make sure that Kevin, um, someday, I don't know, maybe, maybe someday in one of the books, Charlene will talk, be able to talk to Kevin about it, but right now she can't really talk to anybody about it. So the stuff that she learns is, is really not accurate for Jack. And so she's she and Jack are just figuring out what he is. And, and Kevin is the he he works at the the pub. Oh, sorry. Yes, Kevin works at what do we call Brews and Broomsticks. That's right. Because <laughs> he he initially he's the first person in the book to, when she's kind of describing she sort of lets on initially like what she may be experiencing, and he leaps on that more so than anyone else. Yeah. And has a lot more knowledge yes. of ghosts versus spirits. Yes, yes, yes. And he has a very mysterious and, broomstick tattoo on his arm that I'm, have, yes. I'm curious about. <laughs> well, let's, see. let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, we like we like Kevin. I would hate to have to anything bad to ever happen, Kevin. Kevin's girlfriend, maybe. <laughs> oh no! So, so wait. So, so in terms of like the, the paranormal world, though, in your books, like, do you do you write down like a bible of like, here's what can happen, here's what can't happen, or do you feel it out as you go? When we were agreeing to kind of the rules of it, because I had written a lot of the paranormal books from my young adult series, um, and I have a lot of like, and, and that's kind of my interest anyway with the ghosts and all of that. Patrice, again, was just really cool about me being able to say, okay, well, how about this? How about this? How about this? Um, and she was supportive of that. Yeah, speaking of uh, spookiness and all that good stuff, we talked a little bit about Salem in the beginning, and you you went there in in April, which is a nice time to go, not too hot. What kind of research did you do into Salem 
besides besides going there, did you read a lot of books about it, the history, and how did you manage to keep it authentic? Well, we decided that we wanted to do everything that Sharlima do. So we um, took every tour. We rode the trolley. We did at, like we went to all of the um, museums and um, we made sure to eat at all of the places that we could <laughs> that were, like historic. We stayed at the Hawthorne hotel, which is supposed to be haunted. And we didn't hear anything. And we were like, we tried to get the haunted room, but that was already booked. So we couldn't get that, but we were sneaking down to try to listen at the room. And then we didn't see, hear anything. We didn't hear anything. And then this, door opened and it was a maid coming out. A couple of <laughs> so, so nothing, nothing on the, the haunted front, but we tried. Um, they also, it was a beautiful hotel. I highly recommend it. If anybody is there and wants to go there, it was where um, there was episodes of Bewitched that were filmed there. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that show. Oh, I love Bewitched. Oh yeah, no, I watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good, 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 good. Because it's um, yeah, and and it was filmed there, and it's really, really cool. The other thing that we just really loved about Salem was they are very pro their city because they had, you know, they kind of had taken this bad rap of being the city that had the girls that lied about the witch, you know, hanging <laughs> all these people. Um, and what they've done is just really turned it around to their advantage and created a way to be viable, you know, and making making the most of that. So um, everything, and they're so friendly. We did not meet anybody that wasn't welcoming or willing to tell us a story. Every building is haunted. <laughs> and uh, yeah, although we didn't see anything, we looked. We really did. <laughs> were you able to visit any of the original sites of the witch trials while you were there? Uh, you know what? I'm sure that we did, but I don't remember what they were called. And so I don't want to say anything and do and bungle it. It's just, it's just so the history is incredible. Like there's the Yale candy shop and there's the old bearing point cemetery where you can see the lady in white. Mm. Um, and because people there, they didn't, they weren't always dead when they were buried. And so, you know, because of the time, you know, and so they would sometimes, you know, try to, you know, they would find people or ghosts or I don't even know. You have to go listen to a ghost tour. They they tell they tell it so well. So so speaking of ghosts, like you didn't see me in Salem, but have you seen any around? Have you ever had a, a close encounter with a ghost? <laughs> no, I wish I would. I wish I would, but no, I have never <laughs> seen a ghost. I've been to a lot of spooky places because I personally really enjoy all of the the tours. Now, not for like bad stuff, you know. Like I think that would be like. Like chainsaw, that's, you know, kind of really bad and scary, but like a cute little kid waving from a window, I mean, that would be all right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's, it's more of like the Are You Afraid of the Dark school of haunting, where it's just like a kid that's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can still take you. <laughs> exactly. In the midst of all this spookiness, Shirley's also setting up a business, right? So she's a businesswoman. and. Yeah. I really loved how in your book you get to learn so much about home improvement and antiques and decor. <laughs> it's true. Like, I mean, fascinating details about telescopes. I had no, I had no clue about the way the stands fit in with like the all the lenses, and then a lot of like really truly interesting detail about like 
the the wine cellar and how that was designed and the, and the woodwork and yeah. you guys you have no idea we were like on Pinterest because <laughs> if you have if you have something in your mind and it's like because Patrice was like I don't know Tracy a wine cellar I'm like no 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 check out these wine cellars <laughs> I want a wine cellar <laughs> yeah. These are amazing and because we had to know what kind of stone they would use in Salem and what it would be back then um and it, it was it I loved being able to lose hours and hours and hours to research like that to be able to make those details as authentic as you can you know is this something you've always been interested um, in or or was that part of your research process <laughs> <laughs> always been interested in wine guys yeah <laughs> Woman after my own heart. I, I really, I mean, I think the issue with wine cellars is that I feel like I could never actually maintain one because I would drink all the wine too fast. Like, I, I live bottle by bottle, so it's like I the idea of having a lot of bottles of wine in my house. I'm like, how would that, that would never last? They'd be gone. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing that Charlene met Brandy because Brandy is amazing, and Brandy will keep her in wine. If Charlene doesn't make her so mad that Brandy stops talking to yeah, her. Yeah, Brandy is but, one of the coziest locations in the book. She runs the vineyard. Um, and yes. Charlene gets her own label, which is uh, amazing. So, And maybe yeah. eventually her own blend, too. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Book two. Book two for that. <laughs> it's hard enough in when you're trying to portray something that is in your mind. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to not only have that, but you're also sharing that with another writer who is a very talented, amazing writer. So how to make sure that, that you're both thinking the same thing. So Pinterest was a godsend because that way we could both kind of look and say, okay, this is, this is, and Zillow, I found us a house on Zillow. (laughs) So we had, we were able to kind of look and say, okay, but I will never forget one day we were, I think, editing our second book. And I'm like, why do you keep giving him an island? Why do you keep giving Charlene an island? You know there's no island in her kitchen. <laughs> That's the kind of writing beef I want to hear about. It's like, <laughs> knock down, drag out war over the island in the kitchen. It's like, what are you, what are you thinking? Where do you think? Oh, and then she wanted to keep doing where it was... Um, she decided after she had moved, she just, <laughs> and she had this wonderful attached garage. She's like giving Charlene an attached garage. I'm like, no, she doesn't have an attached garage. She doesn't have those in the old days. Yeah, but then geography is so important for the reader. And I think that might be a way that the writing process of working with a writing partner really benefits the reader because when you have to be on the same page and be clear about, you know, the geography of the space in, in that chapter or, or just in the book in general, and the town and everything, all those, those little details, it makes it all the more clear for the reader. And oh, that's that sounds, that, that process, I think, really paid off in this, in this case because the geography of her house is very clear and you can envision even just the way she decorates it. It's very consistent and clear yeah. and it really gives you a, a really wonderful sense of space. Awesome. Yay, <laughs> we did good, please. <laughs> Moving on from home decor, Sorry, I was, uh, I was taking things in that direction. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the character of Jack, obviously. And I was wondering how you managed to keep him from not being hokey, because I can imagine that it might be a potentially dangerous area when writing a ghost character for a cozy mystery. I think that that is where Patrice and I balanced really well, because I think I would have tended to go more in the serious. Mm-hmm. And she was more light. And so to 
together, we kind of made him a really, I think he's very charming. I think that he cares. And I think that he's got this, you know, at first he's got this little bit of a temper because he's just wants to be seen and he wants his murder solved and he doesn't know why he's not going on to the light. But we were as, as writers, we were like, okay, this had to be, we really were feeling her emotions about that. And so, and what was going to happen with her because Charlene's character is really driven in this book by the loss of Jared. And Mm -hmm. so for her to be starting over again and she's in this house and she's with a ghost. And so of course she wonders, you know, where's Jared? Why can't Jared be the one that's going to haunt me? And is he stuck in, you know, limbo somewhere? Where is he? Is he happy? Is he at peace? And so that brings up a lot of turmoil for her. We, we really hope that we, we balanced it well. And then, as of course, as each book goes on, we will lighten that particular angst. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I balanced it really well. That's why I was curious um, how you, what process went into cre- creating Jack, because he was, was so well-rounded and he didn't feel a, a hokey character or too spooky or he... Felt like a person, but with a little extra something. Yay. Oh, good. That That's great. That really I mean, is he's great. He's very three-dimensional. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has, like, he's so charming, but he also has a, a bit of a temper. And he, he, he feels like a really fully-fledged character. And you get why Charlene has affection for him. It, like, it, it, it's, it's funny how quickly, even as a reader, you get over the fact that he's a ghost. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's a, that's a testament to the way that you and Patrice wrote him, so... Yeah, yeah, that really, truly was. Um, it was definitely a combined effort um, for both of us. That, um, yeah, readers seem to be really liking him, so that matters. <laughs> We've had a couple uh, questions of whether or not uh, they will ever have a, a relationship. <laughs> not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are some logistical questions that, that might be raised in this whole scenario, but... <laughs> this is the, this is the all things cozy kind of podcast. So we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> around that. Um, so yeah, I tried not. To. I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I could honest, I could talk about ghosts with you all day, Tracy. I I really I love this book. I love this topic. Um, I can't wait for Mrs. Morris and the Witch. And I, I so what's next? What's next for for Charlene? Okay, so the the next book um, is uh, Mrs. Morrison the Witch, of course, and that's going to be where she's. It's Halloween at long last, mm-hmm. and she goes down to. Um, she hires Kevin to take all of her guests down um, to downtown to where Peabody Museum is and the um, pedestrian mall. And there's all, everything is Halloween. Everything is, you know, people are dressed up and, and the shops are staying open. And this is the big main event that she has been counting down to. And at the end of the night, she discovers a dead witch. So she has to be able to get her people back on the bus and she calls Sam and she's like, not my fault. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but, um, yeah. So she is involved in, in finding out who killed that, that witch. And the witch was a 
Um, she was a, a glass blower mm. person. So she made these glass balls. So I don't know if you've seen the, the cover of that book, but there's one of the, it looks like a, like a big glass ornament, um, but it's called a witch ball. And what that is, is, um, uh, what was her name? Morgana. She made those and she would put in different spells for people so that these witch balls could be either hung at the front of their house or the back of their house. Um, Charlene did not want to trap an evil spirit or any spirit or take a chance that Jack would be trapped. So she wanted hers made extra heavy to be put outside. So (laughs) (laughs) she wants to make sure Jack is okay. But, um, so yeah, so that's how the the book ends. Um, or that's how the book begins. Um, she discovers dead Morgana. Are witch balls a real thing? Is that like a, a thing that... That's totally a oh real thing. That's totally a real thing. So we were in, um, yeah, because we were, that's one of the benefits, I think, of being able to actually go to a place and and see and walk the streets. And they were in all of the tour shops oh. as being able to trap spirits. So we were that's like, cool. okay, well, we can do that. Well, my husband's going to hate you, Tracy, because now our home's going to be full of witch balls, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. You know what? What's awesome is you can um, you can get like prosperity or good mm-hmm. health or whatever. You can you can do whatever you want with them, and and they're really beautiful. They look like that blue sea glass, sea glass kind of, or they could be green or clear. Some of them have those little flash, uh, flashy lights in them. Uh, they can have dried herbs. So yeah, really cool. The, the actually, I would like to have them. For- when you want Halloween in your house year round, but I'm a fan of that. So. <laughs> do, you, do you are you are you big into Halloween at all? Do you have big plans for Halloween? Well, um, not this year. This year, I thought I was going to be going to VoucherCon, so I didn't actually do anything. But last year, uh, my granddaughter is she had turned she was just one last year, so we dressed her up as a pineapple Aww. and took her out to the reading. She's so cute. That's really so cute. <laughs> Yeah, no, we've always, um, October usually means month of scary movies. You watch at least one or two a day um, and catching up on all the scary stories. And yeah, we like it. I had a pair of um, bloody handprints on my window until literally they kind of melted off like three years later. <laughs> I love that. Where can people find you online to keep up with your writing? Uh, TracyHall.com is, and or you can also find me on, at Facebook. Um, same Tracy Hall and, you know, Amazon all over. We actually, and for Patrice and I to be able to find out more about the Mrs. Morris series, we have, um, the Tracy Wilton website. So, mm-hmm. and we'd like to give away prizes and blog and all of that. So if you can find and Patrice Wilton, also look for her on Amazon and Facebook. And her website is Patrice Wilton. We're so plain and boring. Like, truly, you can find us. <laughs> We're so everywhere. <laughs> and before you go, Tracy, just a quick question. Do you know Alden Jones, the writer? I don't know Alden Jones, but that sounds so familiar to me. Because it's so funny. Because this, this, I saw Professor Alden Jones. I had a professor in Boston named Alden Jones, who's a writer. So I was, I, I maybe she knows Alden. I thought it was a small world because Boston, a Professor Alden Jones. I, 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 that's too coincidental, but I guess it was the coincidence. You know what it is. So that's actually in our book, huh? Alden Jones. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you know, in our defense, we are also starting book four, so <laughs> I've forgotten about that already. So many of that, you just don't hold it in your head. But yeah. I want to tell you a funny story: is that Rhiannon Godfrey is the um, the name of my um, Rhiannon Godfrey. Um, in my YA paranormal series. And I was so careful to be like, Oh, Rhiannon, this is this goddess name. And Godfrey means that she doesn't believe in traditional God. And you know, she's, I, I made this character so precise book came out and this woman named Rhiannon Godfrey oh wanted to know where I had come up with her name. So a coincidence does happen. There's, <laughs> there's no name too elaborate that is not already a, a person who exists <laughs> at this point. I try, do I try, and you know that's like one of the challenges that we have come up with is like trying to make sure that we come up with something that's unique. So, yeah, it is a challenge, but we we well, do this our is best. A very unique book, yeah. and we're eagerly awaiting Mrs. Morris and the Witch. And thank you so much for Hello. taking the time to join us today and, and talk about your writing and. Um, we, we hope you can come back thank and, and bring Patrice with you. We'd like to talk to both yeah, of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, we would love that. We would absolutely love that. So um, maybe for Mrs. Morris and the Witch, we can make a date. That's yeah. perfect. I'd love that. You guys were a joy. Thank you so much. So I'm burning um, the Trick or Treat Candle by Yankee Candle. I have two new Halloween scents. I think they just retooled this Trick or Treat scent. And... Uh, unfortunately, Jillian and I are recording remotely today, so um, she can't smell it at all. <laughs> it's just me. And so I'll, I'll give you my impression, Jillian. Hopefully I can create a scentscape for you. It's a very sweet kind of candy flavor. I think it's trying to give the essence of like that night of trick-or-treating. There's candy. There's kind of that fall crisp leaf scent going on, uh, kind of crunchiness to it. Um, spicy. I w- it's very spicy and a little sweet. It's a, I, I have to be honest, it's a bit overpowering. And it's a really powerful candle. It's the kind of candle that I feel like some people who don't like Yankee Candle, like if you if you if you're like Yankee Candle melts my face off, like this is one of those candles. So, <laughs> um, but it it does give a really authentically fall vibe. It is kind of like pumpkin spicy, like trick or treat Halloween feeling to it. Um, and I think there's like a lot of nutmeg in it. I feel like that's what I'm smelling. But yeah, I would I would give it half a wick. It's giving me legitimate fall vibes i do like it and maybe it might be a lot better for a larger room where it really can fill the space but i have it in this tiny little alcove i'm recording right now and it's just kind of so strong that i'm like i'm like i feel like my eyebrows are going to be singed off <laughs> by the scent well i wish it could smell because i do like a good spicy scent next time julie and i will be together um and we'll be smelling the scent together <laughs> so looking forward that wraps up today's episode of All Things Cozy. Definitely check out Mrs. Morris and the Ghost by Tracy Wilton. You can follow us at All Things Cozy Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. We're both on Twitter. Keep up with us. This is our this is our time of the year. It is October. It is fall. We are in peak cozy season. This is what our podcast was built for, and we're so excited to be cozy with all of y'all uh, this fall. So that was more rhymy than I intended it to be, but it is what it is. I'm going to keep it. Uh, we're all going to live with that. Thank you to our new Patreon, Clementine Swan. Thank you so much. Um, I know I sent out your little cozy swag, so everyone who becomes a Patreon can, or Patreon can uh, get some cozy swag and stickers, magnets, and so sign up uh, and be uh, a patron. 
thank you to Clementine. You know, we love your support um, and your patronage keeps the lights on at All Things Cozy HQ. So do check us out on Patreon if, if that's something that you have room for in your budget. We do love and appreciate that. And if not, you can always leave us a review um, on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. And positive reviews also help spread the word. We appreciate those just as much. But yeah, so thank you all for listening. We'll, we'll be back in your feeds in a couple of weeks. You know, enjoy the fall, autumn air, and wherever you are, make it Halloween-y and crisp in autumn, and I hope you're having a, a great autumn season. Until then, stay, stay cozy. cozy.